0: hello everyone thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ventures of flash my podcast this is episode 14 part 2 it's uh we're going to have some uh, mysterious christmas stories tonight we're going to come back with some questions and answers from flash it's become one of the most popular segments of the podcast and i guess it's my most favorite part too because i love those questions there's some good ones and uh i get a ball out of doing them and uh like i say i appreciate you guys tuning in hope everybody got the gifts they wanted hope you're having a great time on this christmas with your family and friends this is the last week of the new of this old year and we're going to have a super new year's eve podcast next week we're going to listen to some true life scary stories to start off the podcast tonight some of our listeners sent these stories in uh After that, we're going to come back and talk about some different topics. And yes, we're going to have those tremendous listeners' requests of the questions and answers from Flash. Okay, now sit back in your easy chair with your hot chocolate and enjoy these spooky Christmas stories. And then we'll be right back, guys.
1: time lurker, blah, blah, blah. This happened to my family when I was like 11 or 12. Background, we live in a small, close-knit southwestern town. My house is pretty small, one story, and about a hundred years old. My family of four, my parents, me, and my younger brother by about five years. We used to leave our front door unlocked, Mostly because we didn't ever think something like this could happen in our town. It was Christmas night, so we were all in bed pretty early, since we're more of a Christmas Eve type of family. Me and my younger brother had each gotten $200 cash from my grandpa to help pay for summer camps as a Christmas gift, and it was sitting in my mom's desk drawer inside her very tiny office. At some point during the night, the money was stolen, along with my mother's car, which was promptly crashed down the street. I was asleep on the living room couch, which is right next to our front door. Important note, our front door is loud. It's made of really old wood and is super heavy, and so it creaks almost every time you open or close it. Our two back doors were locked, so basically whoever it was must have walked within a foot of me to get inside the house. That's creepy and off-putting, but what really gets me is my mom's car. My mom keeps her car keys in her jacket pocket, which hangs inside my parents' bedroom on the wall across from the door. Again, you have to walk within a foot of my parents' bed to even get there. But even if my parents had slept through a nearby intruder, how did they know where my mom kept her keys, or where she hung her jacket every night? It's not an obvious spot to put your keys in, and they apparently knew exactly where to go. Even grabbing cash from the desk door makes sense. A lot of people keep important stuff there. The car thing just doesn't make sense to me. Also, they crashed it right down the street. Like, literally, into the telephone pole at the end of our street. So, we figure they were probably drunk. Which raises even more questions. How were they able to open our super-loud door and walk right by me without me even noticing? And how were they able to steal the cash and my mom's keys from right under our noses? Both me and my mom assume that it's probably someone we know, or knew. But we have no idea who, and we probably never will. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Christmas Shopper. By Daisy Fieldgee. <laughs> I'm not a writer, so please forgive errors and that this may not flow as well as I would like i'm doing the best that i can a little background first this happened about four years ago at the time i was around eight months pregnant so very noticeable and was doing some christmas shopping at the local mall it was around nine at night i finished up my shopping and headed out of the mall towards my truck At this mall, there is a road that goes around the mall, and the parking lot is on the other side of this road. Therefore, you have to cross the road to get to the parking area. As I was leaving the store, I happened to notice a man standing in the middle of the road. He looked in my direction and made eye contact. I looked away and kept going." (laughs) At this same time, there were two men that walked past him to go into the mall. He never looked at them or said anything to them, but kept his eyes on me. I noticed that he had started to walk in my direction, but I just kept on strolling to my vehicle. Then I heard him say, "'Excuse me, can you help me?' Being Southern has its downfalls, and one of those is having it ingrained in you to be polite. I simply just asked, What do you need? He looked around and said, Could you help me start my car? I think my battery is dead. I may be Southern, but I'm not that polite, nor am I that stupid. Please remember that I was very much pregnant, and a woman walking alone in the parking lot. If he was really having car trouble, is it likely that he would ask a pregnant woman for help rather than the two men that had just walked past him? At this point, I knew it was time to go, so I just said, Sorry, I can't help, and kept on walking a little faster this time. But I still saw him out of the corner of my eye, following me, I had my keys out and was ready to go as soon as I made it to the truck. But he was still coming. You really aren't gonna help me. I just need a jump. Again, I said, nope, sorry. Finally, I got to the truck, unlocked it, and jumped in. He was practically running towards me now. I locked the doors and tried to get the key into the ignition, but I was shaking, and at that moment the damn key just wouldn't fit into the ignition slot. He reached the truck and began hitting my window, saying, "'I just need your help for a minute.' Now I was starting to get angry, and I yelled, "'No! Get the hell away from me!' He grabbed the door handle and tried to open my door and screamed, Just open the door! This is where I lost my cool, and I made a split-second decision. I have a concealed carry license, because there have been other reasons that I needed protection that I will not go into here. However, I did have a small 38 special in my console that I do know how to use. When he tried to open my door, my only thought was to protect my child and myself. I rolled the window down, grabbed the 38, and pointed it right in his face, and said, I'm not going to tell you again. Get the hell away from me. He stood there for a moment, in shock, I'm sure. In that moment, time stopped. I don't know what he would do... But I knew that I was prepared to use this gun if he made any move towards me. Fortunately, he didn't. He didn't even say a word. He just turned and ran. I know I should have gotten the hell out of Dodge, but I couldn't. <laughs> All I could do was just sit back in shock. I was terrified I not only the hell of what of he may have done to me had I not felt that something was wrong, but also that I had just threatened to kill someone. Not a situation I ever want to be in again. However, should it happen that I still have that 38 and it is loaded and ready to go. <laughs> so, man at the mall, I hope <laughs> we never meet again.
0: Oh, Yeah.
1: Oh 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 Have a merry christmas, by too afraid to talk. <laughs> this didn't happen too long ago, so everything is still fresh in my mind. My fiance and I were going to enjoy a nice relaxing evening at home. The cable had randomly gone out, so it was quiet while we tried to fix it. Our living room has two large windows looking out at the street and driveway, and our door also has a large oval window in it. We live on a dead-end street with a few neighbors. While I was fixing the cable, a truck screeches into our driveway and two men immediately got out, screaming, Hey, it's us! I initially groaned, thinking it was my fiancé's annoying cousin and friends randomly showing up. That was until my fiancé bolts into the back bedroom. The men then got onto the porch... One of them staring at me from a large window and banging it. The other was pulling at the door and looking in. They were screaming at us to let them in. They were not friendly. I'm sure they didn't know us. Our house couldn't be confused for any other on the road, either. My fiancé is back near the door. He told them to leave. I saw he went to retrieve his pistol. I kind of inched off the couch and got around behind to somewhat hide. I yelled that I was calling the cops, and they backed off a little towards the driveway. But as soon as I moved forward to the front door, they were back screaming to be let in, trying for the door and windows. They kept shouting their names for some odd reason, but we didn't really know them and had never seen them. I called 911 in the back, but kept an eye out on them from another window. I finished up calling and moved slightly into the hallway. They were backing off again, but not before telling us, in a creepy, threatening, off voice, to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs>
0: Wow, guys, it was some pretty good stories there. Uh, I believe I'd have had my pistola out a little bit quicker than they did. But, I mean, that's in. We've got to...
2: Uh, no, without uh, any further ado, bundle up, put on some fuzzy socks, get a warm cup of hot cocoa or coffee or tea, and let's talk about some super creepy Christmas stories. This first story is a little bit short but comes from Miranda who says that last Christmas her family was in a bit of a rough patch. Her parents were fighting a lot, she was feeling very conflicted and confused about the whole thing so she chose to actually leave home during the holiday season and go stay with her sister. So her dad drives her to her sister's house but when he comes home he's astonished to find that there is a single gift neatly wrapped under the Christmas tree and apparently he was the only one there and no one else could have just placed it there Now that's where she leaves it off by simply saying nothing had been wrapped There was no one home at the time and there was just a single gift wrapped under the tree and to this day It creeps her dad out. What i'm very curious about is what was in the box? Was it just one of the presents laying around? Was it something interesting was it just an empty box did the present magically disappear was it from santa himself i would be very intrigued to know what was in that box and i don't know What happened from there? Our next story is from Megan, who quickly prefaces the story by letting us know that she is from a part of Northern California supposedly known for their apples. Every year on December 23rd, her grandmother's best friend would throw a party. And her grandmother's best friend did not just live in any old house. She lived in a house that was over 100 years old. It was a Victorian house, absolutely beautiful. But it wasn't just even a super old house, it was once the first hospital in the town. When Megan was younger, her mom would tell her some of the ghost stories of the home, such as a young boy playing ball, running up and down the hallways, sometimes a woman would be heard crying, and apparently a man could sometimes be heard screaming from the upstairs. And so Megan never wanted to go to that house. Like she absolutely refused to go. It was super creepy, super old, but it was obviously her grandmother's best friend. So she went to the parties at this house, but she would never, Ever go upstairs. That was like her limit. She did not want to go up there. It was way too creepy. One year in particular, I guess it was last year, she got a little bit brave when her cousin practically begged Megan and her sister to go upstairs because she was just desperate to see what it looked like. So the three of them went upstairs together, and when they were up there, they had the craziest paranormal experience. How Megan describes this is that all of the lights just went off out of nowhere. A cold rush just brushes right past them like this big gust of ice-cold air rushes past them and then all of the lights come on Needless to say all three of them were absolutely freaking terrified because no one was near any light switches So no one had an opportunity to turn them off. No windows were open. Nothing. It seemingly came from nowhere So they all quickly exited the upstairs and she concludes her email by saying she will never Ever go up there again, that is super duper creepy, and I can't imagine having to visit such like a haunted house every single Christmas season that would be absolutely terrifying and oh, I wish we could see what it looks like because I'm sure a home that used to be a hospital is very interesting to say the least. This next story is from Bethany, and I wanted to read her email to you guys so you could get the full effect here. I promise it's so worth it. She says, hi, hello. Her name is Bethany. I'm a 23 year old wife and a mother of two. I live in North Carolina and I binge watch your videos every chance I get. I love you so much. Thank you. And this is her creepy Christmas story. At around 3am on Christmas morning, I woke up hearing our dog barking and footsteps. I remember not wanting to get out of bed in case it was Santa. I was seven years old, so I stayed in bed and fell back asleep. The next morning when I got up, my dad looked confused. He was holding a piece of red cloth in his hands. He asked me if I had given it to my dog, Sandy. I told him no, and we soon got started with the Christmas fun. I honestly hadn't thought about that Christmas until my dad recently brought it up. He explained to me that that night that I woke up, a man dressed as Santa was arrested two houses down from ours trying to kidnap their daughter. When he found out, he went to the police station, which explained why he was late to Granny's party. He told him about the cloth and our dog, and the police investigated our house and told us that someone had picked the lock on the outside door. Needless to say, I miss my dog, Sand even more. That is such a chilling story, and I cannot even begin to, like...
0: We gotta pay the whole Bill. Right, and, and I quit smoking commercial. the Chantix. I tried to quit smoking for years on my own. I couldn't do it. I needed
2: help. Like, understand how scary that would be for her parents. Like, oh my God, to know that somebody was literally arrested dressed as Santa. That's like some like next level horror stuff. That reminds me of that awful episode of American Horror Story from season two, where one of the like people in the psych ward used to dress up as Santa and do awful things. So... Sorry, Santa, I'll see you later. Our next story is from a subscriber named Lexington who says that this story happened to her a few Christmases back, and it was about two days away from Christmas. Now, Lexington was staying at her best friend, who we'll call Amy's house, and Amy lived in a pretty secluded part of their area, kind of up in the mountains and relatively far out of the way. You know those areas where it's like your neighbor is at least three miles away from you? That's basically where her friend, Amy lived. So she and Amy are having this sleepover and Amy's parents were out at a Christmas party and were not supposed to be back until like one or two. So of course Amy's dad left them some money so that they could order a pizza. So I bet those two girls were stoked having the best time. They had the whole house of themselves. Amy's sister was even out of the house so they had this whole big house of themselves and they ordered that pizza. They turned off all the lights and decided to have a Harry Potter marathon which is the best Christmas tradition. I don't care what anybody says. All of the lights were off, and they were cozied up, ready to watch their movie, when suddenly the doorbell rang. And they just sort of looked at each other because they had only ordered the pizza like 10-ish minutes before that. And again, Amy lives in a very like middle of nowhere part of town, so there was no way that the pizza guy had gotten there in that short of time. So they're slowly like tiptoeing towards the door, kind of unsure of who it is. Maybe it's Amy's parents and they forgot something. Maybe it's her sister coming back early. When they finally reach the door, Amy just kind of slowly looks outside of the window, gives Lexington sort of a weird look, and then she opens the door to find a neatly wrapped gift on the front step. Now, Lexington thought maybe it was just a gift from Amy's boyfriend or something like that, but Amy was very, very unsettled, and upon asking what was wrong, according to Amy, we haven't gotten a present from him in five years, and Lexington is like, who are you talking about? But her friend is just beside herself. Amy is like, why now, why now? Like just so freaked out over this present. So Lexington closes the door, gets Amy into the kitchen, gets her some water, tries to calm her down and get her to start talking. Because at this point she just literally has no idea what's going on. This is where things got crazy. And according to Lexington, Amy then begins to tell her a story about how for three years straight, her family was receiving gifts from an anonymous person. There would be a gift wrapped on the porch every single year, with the first gift being a little chocolate keychain. And the family didn't really know who it was. They didn't know if it was a relative, a neighbor, somebody just leaving a present on their doorstep trying to be cute. But four months later, Amy's baby cousin almost died because he ate a piece of chocolate. He was only four months old. And he was like deathly, deathly allergic to chocolate. And so the whole family was just sort of like floored by this, just very freaked out, very unsettled, didn't really know how to even feel about the situation. Well, the next year they received a boat keychain on their doorstep. That year, Amy's dad broke his Depression is not just sadness. Dang
0: the commercial time, yo. symptoms got to keep that money with arm in a boating
2: accident so once again they were just sort of like this is getting really weird and it almost seemed like these weird little gifts that were being left outside correlated with really bad events that were happening throughout the year so the whole family is kind of just dreading what comes the following christmas and sure enough they get another gift on the doorstep this time being a small baseball keychain this time amy's family was like we have nothing to worry about nobody here plays baseball we're fine But that year, in the summer, Amy's best friend's little brother was struck in the chest by a baseball and died due to a rupture. And so the whole family was just devastated. So the final year that they received a gift, they actually did not open the present. Amy's father simply threw it away and was like, we're not opening this, absolutely not. But somebody kept leaving a gift on their doorstep. And they absolutely could not get rid of it. Every single day, Amy's father would throw it away. And every single day, another gift would show up. Until Amy was finally like, I have got to open this. So she opens it up to find it is an exact replica of the gift box. It was a tiny little keychain, an exact replica of the gift, and upon showing her parents, Amy's parents were just livid, like absolutely so mad that she would even open this gift and she was like, I'm sorry, I'll go throw it away. As she was throwing it into the trash outside, a car spun out of control and hit her and she doesn't remember much except waking up in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. And she spent two nights there with a concussion and a broken knee. And at that point her parents were just like, screw this, we're out of here. They basically up and moved to this house seemingly in the middle of nowhere. And it had been like a few years since the last gift. So the entire family thought they were safe, thought this was over, until just then when Amy had checked the front doorstep to find another Anonymous package so Lexington is just sitting there absolutely floored like doesn't even know what to say at this point is just taking all of this information in and realizing the depths at which this tiny insignificant gift actually goes to and that's when amy opens the gift and i can only imagine that the two girls were probably terrified at this point but inside of the box is a small jar of honey on a keychain and the thing is that lexington is deathly allergic to honey she wanted to scream and jump in her car but was frozen in place by how terrified she felt life
0: dang guys uh, I know if I get any of them gifts out here on my doorstep, well, I don't know where they come from. I'm not going to take and keep none of them, but I don't know about throwing them away because you remember what happened to that girl in that story. Hope you and guys enjoyed those stories. I had a good Christmas this year. Thanks to a couple of my listeners that gave me some nice Christmas gifts. I really appreciated it. You guys keep all those questions and them suggestions coming on in. And uh, uh, for all y'all sponsors uh, that's just throwing stuff in the middle of my uh, podcast, Uh, I'm fixing to uh, do away with the sponsors. Uh, I'm not trying to make anything off my podcast anyway, and you're messing my podcast up. So there will be, uh, from this day forward, there will be no... Uh, New sponsors uh, commercials on my podcast, but there'll still be ones on my old ones because they're pre-recorded, you know, and I don't want to have to go back and change everything. Uh, I appreciate y'all guys listening to every one of them. Go back and listen to some old ones. Hey, if you got the time, go back and listen to all of them. That's what I'd do. I'd go back from the beginning. Uh, This next segment is going to be the questions and answers uh, for Flash. I think we got some good ones this week, and uh, I'm gonna start off with uh, Gwendolyn from the United Kingdom. She asks if if Flash has family in the UK, and she thinks she might know some of them. Okay, she wants a shout out to to England. Uh, I'm gonna shout out to Wistable england because i do have uh, relatives over there i didn't know anything about them for a long time in my life and uh, i just found out about them a few, uh, few years ago and we stayed in correspondence with each other and here recently i actually got to go visit them and they're some great people and so that's a good thing you know uh, if you check tracy family tree you'd be surprised sometimes where they come from and uh, actually my family come from germany to start with and they migrated over to england and uh, some came over to america and uh, our name was uh furman f-u-h-r but it was changed in english to foreman so that's something that's pretty interesting i thought tracing down your family tree and uh Gwendolyn yes I do have family there Uh, I've been in contact with Gwendolyn and I told her who they was you know uh, and the way it worked out is she did know one of my my cousins uh, a girl cousin from England and uh, I thought that was really interesting I don't know how she found that out but I don't put out a lot of personal information on my podcast but I did that one so thanks for sending in that question Gwendolyn. The second question comes from K-A-M-A, comma, from Mumbai, India. I'm doing some foreign countries tonight because I hadn't been doing any in the last few times that I had questions and answers. And uh, I'm giving them a little equal time because I got a lot of support from foreign countries. She asks, let me check this out, people. I got it all wrote down. She says she listened to my last podcast on plural marriages, and she says most people in India are Hindu religion, which don't believe in plural marriages. She says she is a Muslim, and in India, a man is allowed four wives under the law. She asked if Flash would like to move to India. Uh, no, I don't... (laughs) No, I don't have no, uh, no, uh, plans to move to india uh i do know a girl from india and uh i have spoken with her a a lot of times she now lives over here and she goes to school over here and uh, she's a pretty good friend of mine and i do talk to her but i don't have no plans to move to india but i guess india'd be okay except you'd have to watch out for them cobras and them elephants i'm i really don't like uh, them cobras and uh, I know you. a lot of people ride the elephants. Well, they do on TV anyway, so I don't know. Get back to me on that one, uh, Comma. Okay, that's a pretty good one there. Oh, and she wants to know how old Flash is. Well, Flash don't give that out on the air. Uh, let me put it this way. Uh, I'm above the age of 21, and I'm going <laughs> to leave it at that on that one. So thank you for sending that in, and send in some more. I appreciate that. The next one is from Z-E-I-N-A, Zaina, from Kuwait, Saudi Arabia. I get a lot of stuff from Saudi Arabia, like I tell y'all. There's a lot of English-speaking people in Saudi Arabia. Believe it or not, they're they're bilingual. They can speak, uh, I guess, Saudi and uh, English. So, man, uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, She says she loves the podcast and says Flash is funny. Well, I appreciate that. I try to be funny sometimes, you know. I always wanted to do stand-up, but that didn't work out, so now I just got this podcast. And she says that in Saudi Arabia, according to sheriff law, which that's Muslim law, a man can have four wives as long as he treats them equally, but it's not as common as Americans think. She says she attends a university, but states her father must approve of whom she marries. Man. Wow, I don't know about that. And they almost never let them marry a non-Saudi. But if he approves of a non-Saudi, then the Saudi government almost never lets them get married. Well, that's a, a subject right there I don't know if I need to delve real far into. Let me see what else she says. She says there's a whole set of harsh rules for women in Saudi Arabia. Well, and you know, I have heard that. She asked if the podcast can do an episode on Saudi customs. Well, uh, what's her name? Well, Zienna, I, uh, I, uh, turn that down. I can't do a podcast on Saudi customs because then I'll offend a lot of the Saudi listeners that I got. And, uh, I know the women over in this country would get all tore up about it because I have looked at some of their customs and, uh, I don't think that the women over here would like that, and uh, i am got to turn that one down. That's uh, I usually do requests on what people send in on my podcast, but I'm sorry, but I can't do that one. But I appreciate you sending in the question. Send in another one. I appreciate it. Okay, the next one is from Stacy in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Shout out there, Jonesboro, Arkansas. She asked, when is Flash going to... Oh, okay, this is a good one here, people. I need to start reading these over a little bit more before I put them on air, but like I've said a thousand times, we're off the cuff here, and uh, we just uh, shoot on the fly. We just uh, we did go with the flow on this podcast. Okay, let me see what she said. When is Flash going to that train trip on the Flash train, and where all is it going to? Oh, that's a great question there. I appreciate you sending that in, uh. Well, I got some information on that here. I'm starting off in Chicago on the California Zephyr. And uh, it's uh, gonna take all night on the rails. I'm gonna be gazing at the stars and then I'm gonna stop in Salt Lake City. After a day there in in Salt Lake City, we're gonna head out to Jacksons, Wyoming, an old West town. Man, that's gonna be cool. Uh, We'll get to see a lot of the Old West stuff, and, you know, that is a tourist town, and I know I'm going to enjoy that. Then the next stop is Jackson, Wyoming, which I just said. Jackson, Wyoming. It's an Old West town. Then Grand Teton, Yellowstone, and Glacier National Parks. Wow. With at least one day at each park. Man, I know I'm going to enjoy that, uh. That's going to be a great time. It's going to be in the summertime, and they claim that you can still see snows and ice on the peaks. So that's going to be great. I'm going to get to see all those natural wonders. Then we're going to get back on hop back on the train, and we're going to Minneapolis, Saint Paul. Then we're going to hop on the Empire Builder train, and we're going across the plains and it winds down between the riverbank and the high bluffs down the mississippi river back to chicago that's an all-day tour there too the departure date will be june the 14th returning june the 25th 11 days man that's i'm gonna have a blast on that and uh, i appreciate uh stacy uh asking about that uh Flash can't hardly wait for that, to get up on board that Flash train, and uh, we're going to try to do a couple of podcasts from some of them different areas, and we're going to talk to some tourists that's there, and uh, we're going to try to get a couple of them on the podcast, and that's going to be a great time there. I mean, you know, I can't hardly wait for that. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I want all y'all to tune back in on New Year's Eve. That's Monday, December the 31st, which y'all already know for my next episode as always guys we love all y'all and we appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in like i said before i hope y'all have a great christmas i know we're gonna have one and uh, keep supporting my podcast and uh, we're still uh, rolling on the podcast and we're going to continue to and uh, i really enjoy doing the podcast and I enjoy it when I get all the comments and the questions back, and uh, we're going to try to give everyone equal time on here. If you got any kind of ideas for the podcast, send them in to me. Like I always say, you might hear a knock at your door, and it might be the Adventures of Flash coming over to do a podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Good night.